0: to like it is I don't know it, it it's you're not just on autopilot like you have to get there and it does I think recall
1: here's something
0: here's a question here's a question <laughs> another
1: something just real quick uh, I started recording a little bit ago so
0: Oh, that's fine here's all right here's in. a question They're back. that's fine I, my question is about the casuals do casual game players or new people get into Dark Souls or, or is Dark Souls really for people who have been in gaming kind of their whole lives? Because I think it is a specific callback to that difficulty from when we were indoctrinated with video games. So like somebody, if they are getting into video games, say from like the 360 PS3 era forward, do you think that's the Dark Souls demographic? I don't think the Dark Souls games reaches those people. That's a hypothesis. I don't know. I don't
1: know. It's weird. It's, it kind of comes from all over, I feel, because as a kid, like, I would have hated the the NES Dark Souls-style games. I'd consider that, like, Ghouls and Ghosts or... Oh, yeah. Ghosts, like, that really hard, steep learning curve. I would hate that mm-hmm. as a kid. Uh, for some reason, I really identify with the Dark Souls third-person view of it. Um, Same. And I don't know. It just... I, I tell you, I had a hard time coming to the series too. It is, I don't know, it is sort of like a, uh, maybe it is a bit of a hazing thing because you kind of have to earn your lumps in a Dark Souls. And I, it's a, you mentioned Breath of the Wild, and I think it's kind of mm-hmm. the opposite for me because I enjoy almost every Souls-esque game that I play, but I did not enjoy Breath of the Wild, like, at all.
0: This is why I said it would be controversial. I knew bringing it up to you. Like, I wanted to bring it up to you because you are my go-to Souls guy. Like, I... I, Whatever issues I have, I know I can come to you for, like, a clever rebuttal. And, like, you have a lot of thought put into it that's not just, like, get good or get better, you know? Like, you really put thought into your responses, so I do come to you with this stuff. And I know you are not a fan of Breath of the Wild, but um, I don't know if it was recorded or not. But I for me after playing Breath of the Wild I am maybe 40 30 40 hours into it now um, I feel so it gives it a me lot. yeah I'm really really enjoying it but it, it's giving me that same kind of sense of accomplishment and exploration the atmosphere everything that I get from a Souls game minus the difficulty so this kind of this whole argument started not even argument but we'll say debate started from uh, my thought that I don't think when a lot of the Souls fans say that if you take the difficulty out of the Souls game, it would break it or ruin the experience. I don't necessarily think that's it because I think Breath of the Wild is much more lenient and gives me the same sense of like... Um, oh man, I am going to repeat a lot of shit that I said off off, off stream. I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, but uh, it gives me that sense of exploration where you're not being ham-fisted like given ham-fisted narrative and lore and exposition right at the start of the game you're kind of just thrown into a world and you got to figure it out as you go you get little pieces here and there from characters you talk to but otherwise it's through your sheer interaction with the environment seeing how that land has been shaped by like the forces the dark things like i I get that same feeling of, of exploration and everything in Breath of the Wild, but I never ever feel like the game is just there to punch you in the face. And, and maybe this is, this is maybe I'm getting a little bit on the defensive here about this, but like <laughs> I read some reviews of uh, the Dark Souls games last night because I've been playing a lot of Neo and Neo is essentially like a Dark Souls game and it's, it's that same punishing difficulty, but it's the ninja team who did Ninja Gaiden. So, it's, I mean, it is just as hard. Um, and I'm getting to the point where I'm getting frustrated with it. And I pretty much just turned the game off. as like, I'm fucking done for the night. Like, I've <laughs> sat here for three hours against a fucking boss with my head against the wall. Nothing's happened. Like, I learned the tactics, and I just got to get better. And, like, how do I get better is just beating my head against this wall. Like, I know yeah. what I need to do, and it's just I'm not able to do it yet. And it's so fucking frustrating that there's this impediment because i do really enjoy this weird story in the atmosphere of neo but like it's a roadblock and it might be a roadblock that kind of stops the game for me like it's to the point where i'm like i've seen what i've seen of neo and that that disappoints me but like i also don't want to waste my time because there are so many other games i could be playing that i don't want to spend like hours on one fucking boss learning over and over again Whereas, like in, in Zelda, like there are hard, hard, hard moments you get to, but it never feels like a roadblock. It, it always feels like I can just go somewhere else or do something a different way. Like there's a different angle I don't quite have on this. And that, whereas Darks, or Dark Souls and Neo, it's like, well, this is the boss's pattern. I got to get close and just dodge it, but I just got to do it better. And I just got to learn how to get better. And I just got to get that movement down. And that's, that's kind of my long winded. kind of thoughts on it and where I'm at
1: (laughs) sure it's also I mean I went through a similar thing with the most recent Miyazaki game uh Sekiro yeah Uh, so like all Soulsborne games that are good they start with a mechanic sort of teach it to you and then refine that while sometimes adding more mechanics and then usually like You'll come up to a couple of boss fights or you have a couple of like what uh, I think people in the community call like the challenge check or the litmus check. Like to just these are like the the first block. Yes. If if
0: you don't get this, you're never going to get it. You have to get this. yeah, You are going to
1: have to understand. And like I got there with Sekiro and I was stuck on like the first real check boss for like three days of Probably yeah. two to three hour playing just to like and still like on the second day not being able to get past like even the first or second round and just being stuck in this hurdle. But then, you know, it got it got through and it got through and it eventually if you want to. And there is some determination there, like it was me oh, yeah. wanting to get through it, like you could also not play it and nobody fucking cares. It's your life, man. Uh, that that is I get true what you're saying. I, i'm just saying yeah. it's
0: uh, i and it i don't disagree it is again it is the artist's right to make the game however difficult or whatever they want they can make it as inaccessible or accessible as they want to like the mainstream or not that is their right i hate it because like i i really do appreciate the atmosphere and kind of like the way they're telling their world building and it sucks because I do think there are a lot of really, really strong, good elements in the Souls games, but like those checks that you're talking about, like those those ability checks or like whatever, um, man. In some of those Souls games, I feel like they come every every like few hours. I like I can tell you, like the Capper Demon. Uh, then oh, then man. you got like yeah. then you got that big motherfucker uh, in the lava world. Um, I I forget what he is. Like that's another check. You, I feel like there's so many checks. Ornstein and Brom. I don't remember their names. There you are. Yeah. Like there are checks so often throughout that game, and I feel like that's every Souls game. It's like it, it is not just like one check until you get it. It is just constantly you're being checked, and it's so fucking stressful, and it feels a little bit like work at a certain point. To which I, I I feel like I'm becoming like my mom. I'm like, if you're not having fun, turn it off. Like I'm kind of getting that like in my head. I'm like, now I'm working, and this feels like work, and I kind of just want to like explore Matthews. Hyrule and like yeah. understand what happened there because like it's pleasant. Fair enough, but yeah. I, it's it's so weird. But like, I don't know.
1: I don't I know. I will say towards the end of my Sekiro playing and completionings, I could get up to and through that boss within, like, 20 minutes of a play. And there's,
0: like, there is definitely something about that, because that's Resident Evil with you to a T as well, like, and how you learned Resident Evil 2 and got to the point where you were regularly doing it within an hour. The like, whole game. That's, for me, that's mind-blowing. That breaks my mind, that level of commitment, and maybe that's it. Maybe <clears> I'm <throat> just a lazy gamer, and And there are certain uh, games that just aren't going to be for me because I'm lazy and I don't want to put in work. I And and that might be true.
1: I also have a slight disadvantage probably because of um, my ADHD that can make me like hyper-focused on things that I actually do enjoy. Mm. So for some reason, like when things click with me, like they're going to click really hard. And Uh, I see. But at the same time, if I'm not feeling something, man, like I can't even force myself to play it. I'll be so fucking bored. Like I, will get like 20 minutes in and be like, "Really? No, man, fuck this." Yeah, yeah. It happens to me a lot in like games. I think that's why I have such, well, and then stupid sales too. But like I have so much shit, like everybody that you play, but you've never beaten. Yeah, or maybe you, you like,
0: I'm I'm in a room looking at walls of games I'm never gonna beat, and I it, they're just fucking mocking me up there. Yeah. I I understand. It's, but I, I don't know. I feel like even if a game, I really try. It's, it's weird. Like movies, I can know a movie is not doing it for me and just be like done and I can turn it off. But a game, really? like I really do opposite. try to give like, well, and this is a okay. lot of people I've heard. A lot of yeah. people like have like no patience for games. And I get that because the games take longer.
1: Well, I think but, it's also because it's more interactive. Like even if a movie mm, sucks, I can just zone out I'm not doing shit to oh. be engaged with it but like with a shitty yeah. game like i've still got to run around deal with this uh, 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 fuck it yeah.
0: i get that okay i get that too you can yeah it's it's much more passive with the movie so you can like be elsewhere whereas if you're in a shitty game you still have to be in it mm-hmm. in it in it i get it but this is also maybe like where you and I maybe diverge in movies and, and why I can't turn my fucking brain off is because I can't disengage. Like even in a movie that is supposed to be passive, I am like analyzing shit as it's happening. I'm like, all right, so this scene's going on. All right, so that line of dialogue, I'm pretty sure that's going to come back. Do you think it's going to be this? I've seen this movie there. Is it going to be like this? No, it might be like that. Do you think they're going on this theme? All right, I'm kind of seeing this happening here. And like, oh, that soundtrack. Ooh, I like that song. Uh, that's by this artist. I wonder if that's to signal this. And my brain it just does not shut the fuck up in yeah. movies. So maybe that's it too. And that's why like I can fuck with a bad game. Because I'm really trying to analyze and give it the benefit of the doubt. Until like it gets to the point where nope uh my time's wasted nothing's happening like this is i'm i've i brought more to the table than you have and now i am done thank you
1: yeah (laughs) uh again i just yeah if i i'm i can just totally the thing i focus on with movies is like because i'm so into special effects like if I'm watching anything action heavy, I'm always imagining immediately what's off camera, how are they setting this up like everything. And it's my own fault, but they always slightly take me out of scenes just because I'm like, oh uh, where where are they taking the wires out here? Yeah, uh, where where were we attached off here? like all of these things. Um, where's
0: the where's the human person to cg person transition sure uh yeah. uh-huh oh that, that car's stuff. real and then oh they cut that bridge and now that car is cg mm-hmm. and that is totally cg fired but that's real fire now oh but that's a cg shot again as we reverse back uh-huh yeah all that shit. i i do that too but sadder, because I can't turn this brain off, like I do that in like the just dialogue heavy scenes too, and i I picture what those actors are going through, and like them and like all the fucking people around watching them, yeah, yeah, and this is why like I think I really get into acting and people who do it well because like I know there are like twenty people around at the very least just watching this shit happening as somebody's having a fucking mental breakdown on film and i'm like. This is amazing,
1: <laughs> and it's maybe like the fourteenth time they've done it that day, and that's yeah. like the one that had like the right energy. And it's yeah, that's all I think about when I'm watching movies. It's terrible. It's but ter- like because it takes away from the art, but then it's also like a creation of the art, which I find fascinating. Yeah, and this is
0: why, yeah, this is why I think people come to movies differently, and like I will appreciate a movie purely on the technical side like i can understand the acting that went into it like what like is happening like i think 1917 is one of those movies where like there was no way i wasn't going to think this was a masterpiece if they didn't if they pulled off a one-shot film just even remarkably fine just just fine like it would have been kind of a masterpiece because i know the technical background going into it and that maybe does influence it a little bit for sure. And I I think that definitely kind of takes away. Whereas, you know, I can see like some movies and I won't bring any up, but like I can see some like lesser acting or like weaker things where like, they're clearly not bringing their A game. They're not doing anything special here. Like, because I know what they did in 1917, now I'm seeing this. I'm like, you lazy motherfuckers. And I know how much money you're spending here. Special lazy motherfuckers. (laughs)
1: What I, but then I take those, inst- I know I have those exact thoughts, and then I take them even farther. And then I'm like, well, is it because this director doesn't know how to work with this actor and they're just not getting the mm. good performance out of them? What's the payoff here? Maybe the producer on this film is a total dick and this guy doesn't like <laughs> to act and he just wants to get the fuck out of here. So he's just given the bare bones. I so it's all that shit that still brings me even further out. It's like seven degrees of those... Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Those are about like,
0: definitely things I think of, too. They have popped up in my... Like, uh, all right, have you have you seen Venom with Tom Hardy?
1: No, but I've seen, like, clips and shite.
0: It is one that is a very, very fascinating... I, I don't like the movie. Some people do. I don't think anybody says it's great. They're mostly like, it's fine or enjoyable, or they don't like it, and I'm in the don't like it camp. But I think it is a fascinating movie to watch simply to see Tom Hardy acting around of it because you know tom hardy is a caliber actor who has like a fucking presence and to see him so mishandled in a movie (laughs) and like what he has to do and what he's being asked to do and how he's going about it it's very fascinating and and for me that's that maybe took me out of the movie it made me not like get into the eddie brock venom character but i would argue like they also raped, like, the comic book, essentially, and, like, all of its fucking history in that movie. It Really just made a shit show, nice guy, um, middle of the road version of it for mainstream audiences that really did not encapsulate Venom in the slightest bit. And that took me out of it more. But, or like, Eddie. definitely, like, 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 that Tom dick, Hardy stuff, right? Thing. He's a dick, and Venom is not a fucking hero. They made him, like, a. Like, essentially, they made him Star-Lord. Like, that kind of pitiful loser, like, nothing, who wants to redeem himself. Like, they gave the symbiote that arc. Like, that is the Venom symbiote is a loser outcast from his homeworld who wants to redeem himself, who has a fear of heights, and... Like, it's so fucking weird what they do here for, like, what is essentially, like, a bad killer version of a symbiote, which is essentially... That's the comics, like... Venom and the carnage symbiotes and like those bad symbiotes are just bad versions of the symbiotes who are just bad and they take people and they do weird things and how they twist that character's emotions and like their wants and desires, that's interesting. Making it the standard anti-hero superhero arc, a lot less so. But that's just me. I'm oh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> You're gonna that's have what, to rein me in. That's why the
1: soccer mom likes to see doesn't give a fuck about what you like to see buddy that's true that's true i think
0: it's more like 50 year old dads it's for the 50 year old dad too. crowd because there's like there's sadly like a lack of sexy tom hardy in that movie mm. and that's what judith Sackerman. they want shirtless hemsworth you know those marvel scenes i'm talking about that's what they want there's not that especially there's eddie brock eating raw chicken from a trash can sexy Mmm, I'd fuck I'd that.
1: Watch I'd watch it. <laughs> hey, buddy, here's a surprising <laughs> fact. Uh, are you ready for this one? Yes, it's gonna blow your mind. We are halfway through June, and we are just now recording the last episode of Meja. So this is hooray. something. <laughs> hey, we did it! Huzzah!
0: In fairness, we got interrupted by Bernie Mac. And Mr. 3000 in the middle there.
1: Mm -hmm. And we did have like, we had a technical difficulty delay too. So. mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of understandable, but also like whatever, even if this isn't technically a major episode, we were going to talk about Catherine, no matter what, at some point, because I think it's a game worth talking about. Absolutely. Good or bad or whatever you think. I think it's a very interesting game.
1: It is definitely going to be unique and something that is completely out of the ordinary which usually draws both you and i in so absolutely (laughs) curious where we land though uh but Catherine is a very very asian take on a very i guess common cultural trope in all i guess cultures right the uh the infidelity trope Mm. Mm -hmm. um and the, uh I don't know the 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 unsure the would it, would you say toxic masculinity is that what this game is?
0: Um, I don't know if it's necessary necessarily toxic masculinity here. Is it because just temptations? I, it's not. I don't even know if it's temptation. It's lazy, just,
1: slackabouts, unable. It's, it's, it's a that. failure to commit.
0: It's, the, it's a failure to launch, right? It's that Matthew McConaughey movie. It's having no ambition, no drive to fucking continue forward. I, I think toxic masculinity is maybe more insidious. And I true. don't think the lead character here is insidious as much as he is just, you know, child. He's a, he's a man child. I mean, he, he, that, he just hasn't grown up.
1: He, it's... be. Oh. I'm stuttering a little bit. He also expects things to sort of be given to him and sees mm-hmm. himself as a bit greater than those around him. He, But he like, it's almost like he's gracing them with his presence, like they're his friends, but he sees himself as like better mm-hmm. than them to a degree. But he's, he's just a slacking, lazy loser. Very relatable character, is yeah. this Vincent. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there you go. I was like, I pulled up the uh, character list because I can't remember the name of the characters. Outside of Catherine's, because The two Catherine's? Uh, Well, and here's something interesting that this might be the first time we've had happen in one of these reviews, is you played Catherine Fullbody, the remaster, right? Yeah. And I played Catherine, the original 360 game. Okay. And... You have a whole bunch of new content and new characters that I did not have. So you have a third Catherine that I never interacted with.
1: Uh, There's also a new character called Rin.
0: That's her. She's Catherine with a Q, Rin for sure. Yeah. Um, But she's also
1: transgender.
0: Which is not necessarily something that's only in the remaster because erica was also a transgendered character which i i guess was fucking stupid and didn't realize until the very end there was a comment i was like wait what what and then like i started to reflect on what was said throughout the game i was like oh that makes sense oh okay though oh and i'm i'm so glad you brought that up because This is something I've noticed. Japanese games, really kind of progressive with this. They've, with this, with Nier, like I feel like there have been so many representations and I don't think I can name an American big developer game that has done anything similar. Like the closest (laughs) I've got is like Nintendo with Birdo or like, (laughs) but like that's
1: technically still Japanese. Yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, I think they've the, been ahead of the curve.
1: If you I think the closest you could even get to saying anything in the West has done would possibly be The Last of Us Two recently and, with announcing that Ellie is a lesbian. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look how look how people are handling that shit. <laughs> I know. And Nier was however long ago and Kine is a fucking hermaphrodite in 2008!
0: 12 (laughs) fucking years ago Nier did this shit and we're losing our mind because in fair, it's in the last of us game, which uh, in fairness, these people who are complaining probably weren't going to play with anyway. I'm pretty sure these people were not interested in it to begin with and that's fine. But like, eh, it's, it is, it is insane how ahead of the curve Japan was because even Catherine was what? 2012, 2013,
1: it was pretty, it was like in the mid of the PS3 cycle, I feel.
0: Yeah, so that's still like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, it's 2011. Okay. Nine years ago. So nine years ago. And that, it, it's, it's insane. It's insane. And Erica, I don't think is ever really like, I can't speak on Rin as a character because I didn't get to play with her, but Erica's like never like belittled or made, as, made the joke of anything. No, and, uh, and has a happy yeah. ending at the end too. Like it's pretty
1: it's pretty fucking okay. Like it's all in all very well handled. Yes. Um But yeah, I think it's it's a very mature game, mm-hmm. which is a surprising thing. And there's all these people that talk about wanting to play more grown up games and like and then unfortunately both times like nobody's fucking played Catherine at all. Cause, oh, the remaster didn't do well either? I, don't, I mean, I think it did okay. I don't think either of them have been like gangbusters. Um, That's a shame. It's also because the art style, while in this game, is very striking and awesome. It's like full-on anime hand-drawn style. It's also... is going to alienate a lot of people because they're going to think it's just... Mm-hmm. Whatever, so...
0: I will say, this is one, mm. um, I remember way back when, I had this game in Persona 5, and I was like, I'm going to play one, and I'm going to try to play them to get Laura kind of into this art style, and uh, I think you recommended Catherine, and I was like, all right, cool, and then I went with Persona 5 anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and she did not respond to it was not cool with it she was like i fucking hate the japanese high school aesthetic all this mm-hmm. is fucking stupid and like i was like cool all right so that was a huge miss as soon as i started playing catherine she was fucking into it though though she was 100 percent like his eyes are weird why why are his eyes so far apart like this drawing is stupid oh <laughs> that's really interesting like that's pretty deep Oh, his eyes are so stupid. And she just go like, <laughs> right back and forth. So, like, you're right. I think the art style is very jarring to some people. Yeah. But I think if they do give it a chance, I think there is something here that you'll notice for gaming. Like, I think is very, very deep and, like, really smartly thematic. There are so many themes and symbols in this game. Like, it's so well constructed and thought out. Like everything is is a detail that all plays into the theme.
1: It's yeah, it's it's so all good. planned out like you can tell this game had like one vision that got nice and refined and just seen through and I think that even comes through better in full body just because maybe I'm spoiled but I like that PS4 version. It's it's a beautiful game. God damn it, Ryan. This is a fucking hard game.
0: It is All right, so, yeah, we're going to dance around a lot of this, but you're not wrong. Um, and I will go ahead and put this out there immediately. I played this on easy mode, which is kind of why, I don't know, maybe this Dark Souls rant of mine kind of bleeds in when it comes to difficulty, because I agree with you. This game is fucking brutal. Yes. Brutal. Like, it's it's fine for the first maybe... W- I guess, world, because they have like stage one, one, stage one, two, one, three. I think for the maybe the first one or two worlds, so to speak, um, it's pretty easy. And then about the time of three is when the game immediately gives you a stopping block. And then it is, you get a stopping block every time you go to the next world. So on three, one, stopping block, and you're going to have to sit there and fucking learn four one stopping block you're gonna have to sit there and fucking learn and by sit there and fucking learn i mean play a level over like maybe 80 to 100 times like and even on easy as you get up into the later game on easy mode and I, like i'm not like a new gamer i get puzzle games like i don't just like attack one game the way i would attack every game like i try to learn that game i try to learn how to play that game and like what the game wants me to do and this game's really good with the tutorials and they give you like kind of suggestions on how to like place blocks and like these movement patterns but you get to that later game and i was easily like two hours per climbing section which if you're going from top to bottom just straight climbing without any of the puzzles or softs would be like maybe a minute
1: it's it, so it's rough. oh my god it's so fucking hard and it's like what makes them so hard is that they're like super mario uh auto scrolling levels in the fact that like these levels are constantly falling and you can trap yourself in a point of no return because like your escape route has now fallen down and you are stuck on an yep. island of non movement everything around you're screwed and then you have to wait and die, start it all over again, and oh shit! How did you end up back in the same spot again, idiot? What? What? Yeah. Oh man, it happened so many times. This game is so unforgiving, and I don't know. I kind of see your argument for an easy on Dark Souls because even the easy on this though was still brutally it's hard. It it's makes rough. it rough. I like this game a lot, but it makes me never want to play it again because it's so just unfun. And maybe it is because I am an idiot. I feel I'm the same. I I like puzzle games, but a lot of times things just didn't click in this game Mm. for me. Like I was just, I felt like an idiot monkey just bashing my head against the wall. Like why go move it? No, we're falling again. Son of a bitch. Use a pillow. (laughs) do you Do you know
0: if um they changed the gameplay or the difficulty at all for the remaster for full body or I is know... is the gameplay exactly one for one and they just added cosmetics and new characters
1: I think even in Japan they had to make an easy mode for this game okay no I've read and it's just uh. I think it was tweaked a little bit for full body. I think it was even made a little more fair. And even still, I know that Man. I had still a lot of trouble in some things.
0: Did, uh, did you make it to the end of the game?
1: I did get one ending.
0: Um, okay. Okay. So I was fine. I looked up all of the endings now. Same, so. same. I got one yeah. ending and then I looked them up because I didn't want to play through it multiple times. But I, I, I was, I will say to the difficulty, I think it's real rough, but, like, maybe it was my stubbornness. But, like, I was okay with all of it. Mm -hmm. All of it. Like, no matter how hard it got, up until you have to start leading Catherine by the hand at the very end. Nobody likes escort missions. That's where I got fucking kind of fed up and about done with the game. I thought that was that was maybe rare level bullshits of like you're introducing this new mechanic at the very end of the fucking game and it's really cock-blocking this ending that I'm so fucking close to like how <laughs> nice fucking reference. dare you
1: I, every in this
0: game every of that it's it it fits doesn't it mm-hmm. but it it kind of that was the only time I ever felt like now you're being an asshole <laughs> yeah. now now like you're doing this to like intentionally be shitty.
1: <laughs> Ryan, I'm I'm glad that you are talking, and I want you to keep talking because I have a question for you. Actually, not a question. I have a demand for you. Ryan, oh, will you break down an average gameplay loop in Catherine for me?
0: Okay, I can do this. So an average gameplay loop of Catherine is you'll be given a little um, hand-drawn anime cutscene mm-hmm. that will then tie into a in-game cutscene of the characters talking a lot of dialogue then you'll most likely go to a different place with characters talking and then you'll end up at the stray sheep which is the bar kind of hub of the game where you will talk with your friends in a booth there are three three of your friends and the waitress erica um there's a bartender um I think his name is maybe a spoiler, but it's something mutton. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Hint, hint, he's maybe not the good guy. He's wearing sunglasses at night.
1: Mutton is also a cut of sheep's meat. That's right. Sheep are also a huge symbolistic feature in this game, by the way. Oh, yeah. I think... (laughs) And this is so interesting. And this is why,
0: this is maybe why my stubbornness definitely proceeded to like outweigh all of the difficulty because I love the symbols here. That's perfect. He's holding up one of the uh, one of the sheep in Catherine. I don't think it is that any sheep specifically.
1: No, I don't think so. Okay, I think it's just kind of a mishmash of all of them. Yeah, I like it. He's um, really cute, though. It is. It
0: is. <laughs> I'm I'm slightly jealous. I didn't know I'd be as into Catherine as I was until after. But um, and again,
1: what is amazing about this month to me is that you're you're dipping your toe more and more into anime.
0: Well, in fairness, I had Catherine on my shelf for like seven yeah. years at this point uh, because I heard great great things and it interest. I played this was back when. Demos were so novel that you could download them on the 360, and I would download literally every fucking demo and play. And Catherine Catherine hooked me. Yeah, Catherine hooked me. I was like, "This is interesting. I don't like this type of game usually, but I think there's something here." And I'm actually, I'm even, I'm glad I waited on it as long as I did because I even think maybe eight, nine years ago when I picked it up, I. I don't know if I would have fully appreciated like the deep relationship themes that are in the game. Like it's, it's, it's really kind of smart when it comes to its characters, but I think that's what appeals to me. You give me an anime with good characters, good writing, good translations, like in deep, deep themes, I'm there. That's there. And I, I don't think this has too much filler I think the dating sim aspect of it or the social sim aspect that you're just talking to people and kind of picking how you respond. I think it all works in character and service of this theme of, I don't know, arrested development we'll say of this character, not wanting to grow up and like kind of having to be forced this. And it's, it's constantly reinforced with like the different plot twists of like, Oh Catherine, with the k your girlfriend's now pregnant and now you're kind of forced into this this adulthood and like the 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 crushing weight of adulthood just impending upon you and like you you're gonna have to get your shit together and grow up like this is this is something in the same medium as an italian plumber liking to jump on things and go in pipes Did and you like say it's, jumpa I did say jumpa, I don't know why. I, like I like it. But we're going to fucking go with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it is. It is one of maybe the most mature games I've played outside of Nier. But this predates at least Nier Automata. Yes. Yes. Absolutely <laughs> maybe is. not the first Nier. Maybe not the no. first Nier. Um, but I think that is the time period where we start seeing the, these games really try to push into deeper themes. And I think those two are maybe some of the first. I think Japan, again, kind of, kind of mind-blowing, pushes into these, these deeper themes much more uh, reticently than, than America does. They are, they are easy to go, eager to go into almost. Like, I, think- I love it.
1: Catherine is a great game because at no point do you interact with anything with your gun. Mm-mm. You don't even have a fucking gun in Catherine.
0: There are no weapons that you control. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird fucking
1: game. Clear
0: enemies off a screen maybe, but that yeah. might be it. That might be it.
1: You mentioned Catherine with a K, but Ryan, the game is called Catherine with a C. That's yes. funny. funny. Uh, <laughs> I think that's because, spoiler alert, there's two Catherines in this game. Three At if start, you're playing full body. Well, Yes. Uh, at the start of the game, though, there is the Catherine with the K, who is the long-haired, glasses-wearing girl that your character Vincent has been dating for what two years? A few, yeah, a few two years. Two or three, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, it's very clearly obvious that, like, she's wanting, she's like wanting to get married, and Vincent is our lovable, anti-aloof, just slack about. And oh yeah. Um, but then also note, not super lovable, not Vincent?
0: super lovable yet. Like I think he gets to that point where he becomes yeah. lovable, but he's not. Like he's a character I found everybody else around him much more likable. Maybe, maybe not Catherine because with a K, because I think they're portraying her in a certain way to yes. be like seduced by Catherine with a C when she comes in. But I think all of his surrounding cast is much more likable. And in a better place, maybe than he is. But yeah. he, gets, he gets to be that way.
1: Well, and again, I think that part of that too is the character seeing himself in a better light compared to everyone else around him. Like, yeah, they're all kind of in this show that he's the star of. This is the mm-hmm. Vincent show, and so there's a yeah, lot he's of. He's kind that of play an play asshole. Yeah, yes. he yes. he's
0: not. He yeah, exactly. You got it. I'm sorry, uh,
1: but he is. He does have a mysterious run in. With a buxom blonde beauty who is also named Catherine, but she spells it with a C, and he starts to have these mysterious run-ins, and she is uh, kind of throwing herself, but also being a little bit
0: stiff. She's ramped up. Yes, she is. I so if if Catherine with a with a K is reserved, yeah. Catherine with the C is anything but. She is the open, wild party girl who's ready to just do anything fun and is clearly just there to have a good time. She is the breath of fresh life, the energy that Vincent finds missing in his relationship
1: with Catherine. Yeah, or thinks that he wants. With a K.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh It's the grass is greener. Uh Exactly, exactly. And
1: uh, Catherine is, however great she may look, there's also this different angle of the grass is greener that is amplifying whatever is being presented Mm. because i mean she also is designed to be like really a cute girl that catches your attention
0: she's she's the manic pixie dream girl almost she's very energetic and captivating she is again i think that's why they designed catherine with the k to be so stark that's why she has the white straight hair. There is no frills about her. And the glasses, like yeah, the glasses. Exactly. Generally, are
1: two more authoritative figures in Japanese, or more intelligent and refined. Yep. That's who wears yep. glasses. Not usually your wild cards. Uh, Catherine with the C does not have glasses, so that'll set you up there. They also sort of just, as character traits, represent the chaos and order, the mm-hmm. just the, uh... the wild and the tamed and. That that's kind of the themes throughout the game, um, Ryan.
0: We didn't talk about
1: nighttime. <laughs> let's talk. Oh yeah, please. But you were talking about a full game cycle. I got oh yeah. That,
0: I mean, just to to wrap it up, like that is all there. So you're getting these stories and like the cinema cutscene, social sim aspect of the game, and that's all during the day. But once you leave the stray sheep and go to bed, you start having these nightmares, and the nightmares are of you as a half-sheep person. You have, like, <laughs> horns, and you're in your underwear with a pillow running around. And you see other people who are just fully sheep, like talking sheep. And you slowly start to realize there might be some bleed into real life. Um, in this dream sequence, there is the puzzle aspect. This is the only, like, actual technical game, game. part. Yeah. Outside of, um, like, the
1: light dating sim
0: yeah, yeah, which which is what like the renegade paragon system in Mass Effect. You're that, either trying like, to build up points to a to whatever Catherine you want. That, that's like, the game. It's like
1: there's the vagueness of like how you respond to text messages. Mm. Do you respond? There's like some gameplay in there, but it's very small until we do yeah. get to these nightmare puzzle levels
0: yeah which which are the Kubert esque like pulling or maybe even intelligent cube i I don't quite remember Intelligent Cube, but I feel like, I like I'm getting similar cube. vibes yeah um it is it is a vertical wall scrolling climber where you are pulling out blocks strategically to set yourself up to climb up, but there are certain rules in place that allow you to place blocks in certain ways that inevitably get like really, really hard. And then they start introducing other blocks like ice blocks and bomb blocks and like bouncing blocks. A bunch of different things to fuck you, essentially. Like it's, I don't know, uh, it's essentially the 3D version of Battle Block Theater, that uh, alien hominid studio game, The Behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like that. It's, it's just essentially every certain number of levels, you're getting new blocks where you're incorporating different puzzle elements And you're just climbing from bottom to top as quick as you can. But at the end of every world, you're being chased by a nightmare, which is some (laughs) kind of version of reality seeping in. So as you learn that like Catherine's with a K is pregnant and you're forced with this decision, you're chased with like this hideous fucking baby the entire time. it's It's great.
1: Oh it's awful. And this
0: is this is where the game fucking fully sells me. Like I love all of these weird boss designs and like their representations. Like there's one that's just like this ass monster that <laughs> did you <laughs> that just fucking chases you and it's, it's so one, insane. Yeah. It's I I love I love the creativity here and again it all reinforces the themes of just somebody being confronted with all these different aspects of a relationship and like the pressures that come with it, the pressures of like infidelity, cheating, well, being faithful. Yeah. Um, what happens if you don't even have control of it? Like, which gets to the point where like Catherine with the C starts just appearing out of nowhere, and and even when Vince, I, I don't know how you played, but I played. I was going to be really as faithful to Catherine with the K it. as possible, I know and it. I. I shouldn't have because I yeah. saw the Catherine with the C's ending. And I really loved that. You uh-huh. did that, didn't you? Of
1: course I did. I know. <laughs> uh, but like, no of matter course. what I would
0: do, no matter what I would do, Catherine with the C would wind up bedding me that night. And it became this supernatural thing, like this, this ghost thing. So like immediately I was like, there's something fucking up. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, and this is why I love this fucking game if you did not play it that way and you just went to bed Catherine with the C every night intentionally, would you have the suspect that she
1: is a fucking succubus? Uh, No. It still flirts with it to a degree. Um, Because there you go. Spoiler. That is the game. Catherine with the C
0: is a succubus sent by Mutton, the bar owner, to... Essentially, haunt and torment men to their death in their dreams for not growing up and committing to their wives and essentially procreating. So, if you're a man and you're wasting your seed, which is very animalistic, right? And bestial, Mm -hmm. hence the fucking sheep, uh, you are not fulfilling your purpose and you need to be cold. This is fucking great. I. Love this.
1: <laughs> it's also the sheep too, because it's it's nightmares, it's dreams. You count sheep to go to sleep, like they're associated mm-hmm. with that. It's dude, there's so fucking much.
0: It is. Uh, it's it's a well thought out game. It's so yeah. well thought out.
1: It's also it is such a good like lesson like slash concept to, to latch onto, especially for like people like Japan, where like they have the uh the neat syndrome is real bad, where like mm-hmm. people they're like nobody is Dating people like getting married, like nobody's procreating. Like, Japan's people are not reproducing, they have a big thing with that. So, that's even more like where this game is coming from, I feel, especially being Uh, oh, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of
1: sense. Then it's like a weird commentary on that, too. So, it probably is like that's not so much
0: a problem here. I feel like for every person who's not procreating there's like somebody in a trailer park somewhere making 10 kids so like uh, I think it's fine in America (laughs) it is it's sad but that's the truth and we don't have long as a species so enjoy it
1: Mike Judge has really got his finger (laughs) on the pulse of America Uh, if you'd like to hear us talk more about Mike Judge you should join us on Patreon for our Patreon (laughs) exclusive show we'll tell you what where Ryan and I are reviewing every single episode of king of the hill
0: yeah next is our extract podcast where we break down extract as a movie one minute at a time oh fuck man
1: <laughs> i'll i'll commit that, to it i
0: <laughs> i that hate be, that i said it because immediately be so, you're gonna get people I saying know. like i'll pay for that.
1: that that'd be so fucking like meta on a level <laughs> dude
0: it's all right. Are you familiar with the Roger Ebert? Um, he used to like do like film retreats where they would get like Roger a classic Ebert, movie. Uh,
1: Roger Ebert, good friend of the Cape Podcasters, Roger Ebert.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah. And Dave Dave from the Cape Podcasters and, podcasters and I talked about this, but um Roger Ebert used to do like film camps where he'd take like a classic piece of film and they'd break it down one minute at a time. They'd watch what? the first minute, stop it and then dissect it and talk about it. Play the next minute, stop it, dissect it, talk about it, and do wow. this all day. And at one time, it sounds like maybe the worst thing possible, but then I started thinking about it. I was like, there's definitely fucking movies I could do this for. Like, I, I 100% could talk like 100 like fucking of these for like an Avengers, like that sure. first Avengers movie. I can break down references. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. The shots, the angles, why everything means what it means. Yeah. The lighting cues, the color palettes, why that is. Like it's so interesting. Like what I don't know. It's it's a fascinating process. I don't know if extract the movie. We could do the
1: worst Mike Judge movie extract.
0: Hot take. it's it's not hot is that a hot take that's the no. worst that's the worst he's only got office three, space right? idiocracy and extract extract no, is clearly four. the worst what's uh beavis four? and
1: butthead do america He directed that oh. too oh oh that's also really good do not hate on beavis and Butthead. do america.
0: i i'm not gonna hate oh, on it but i will say i i was sheltered from beavis and butthead as a mm. kid so i was only able to go back to beavis and butthead much much later in life and I don't appreciate it as much because I don't, I don't have that attachment to it. And it feels very, very much like late 90s to me. And it's hard to get into it now. It I, so really I, I don't cool. shit on it, but yeah. I just don't. It was it, really cool at the me. time
1: because like it was always cool if a cartoon got a movie release because like everything oh, yeah. is elevated to that movie level. Mm-hmm. What was really awesome when it happened for Beavis and Butthead is Beavis and Butthead is, and Butthead is a really, really shitty cartoon like it is shitty it is drawn hand style by like five dudes in a hot texas warehouse it is not good
0: it's sub and king then, of the hill season one yes, animation
1: and, it's bad. <laughs> and then they got fucking boosted up for like this multi-million dollar mtv movie and the animation is so fucking awesome and the script is so stupidly beavis and butthead but it's that also 90s movie like brady bunch movie shit where like they mm. just Luck, dumb into all these escalate. It's so great. Ah,
0: I feel like we need to. So it's one. It is a surprise that we have only done Idiocracy so far. When mm-hmm. we have not done Office Space or. And we're both big Judge fans.
1: I'm much more, I think, but I'm turning you uh, with this King of the Hill. Yeah, you
0: might be. Yeah, you're definitely a bigger fan, though. Idiocracy spoke to me like, a goddamn siren call. And I was like, I will trust this guy no matter what.
1: Office Office, Space really hit me at a point where...
0: Yeah. I think I was a little too young. That's when I caught on cable much, much later. And I was like, oh, this is really good. But, like, I caught it around the time I saw Idiocracy. Like, that's how late I was to the Office Party or the Office Space Party. Um, But... I really, I I love Mike Judge. We need to go back to those two movies at the very least. I don't think I want to go
1: back to Extract. I remember really not finding anything there. I remember what I hated about Extract is it was not what was presented to me in trailers, and I hate when fucking movies do that to me. Because that movie turned into more of a midlife crisis with Jason Bateman's character. It was like Spanglish. Yeah, because like he was like encouraging his wife to cheat on him, and then like he didn't it was so fucking weird. And Ben Affleck is a lazy stoner, and it's also not working.
0: I was gonna say the one thing I remember he's the enjoyable. only thing I remember liking was Ben yeah. Affleck in it.
1: But it's, it's I, still if it worked, so, I don't
0: know, uh, but yeah. It's
1: nowhere near Brad Pitt in like true romance. Oh god. Brad or, Pitt fucking it, Once Upon a Time, even <laughs> he's trying to do uh I think like his version of the dude, and it's just
0: ah uh,
1: sort of not there
0: yeah i don't know. i could see that i guess well i mean nobody could do the dude outside no. of jeff bridges
1: it's true uh back to Catherine. so you went with katherine with the k with the I glasses did. and what but were you forcing yourself is that the way you really wanted to play it were you no. drawn to one katherine <sighs> over the other
0: I played it like I would play it, and this is one of those games that makes it hard to play it like you would, because I am I I don't know how to say this without sounding like braggadocious or like trying to be like faux boastful. But like I am pretty faithful. I'm a faithful person, mostly because like I'm not super adventurous. So like if I'm with somebody, I'm gonna be with them because like to do anything else is will require work, and I'm a lazy person like it's i don't want to do any extra work i don't want to have like a side hustle that i have to put extra thought into that just doesn't appeal to me so like when i'm presented with like you are you are with this person and now she's pregnant almost immediately like that that pregnancy twist is given to you real fucking quick in the game it kind of guilted me in at least into being like yeah i i should do this um so I feel like maybe I got, I kind of got guilted into staying with Catherine with a K because it was in my nature and, and it's appealing to that and like I very much do not. I feel like you can vicariously live out your your fantasy through through games and like that's not a fantasy of mine. Like I don't need that. So, like, I very much wanted to say as true as possible. And that's where this game maybe ruffled my feathers a bit until, like, I learned the twist. But, like, when Catherine with the C, no matter what, like, I was trying to do, would fucking end up in bed with me the next morning when I woke up. Like, I was getting kind of pissed. I'm like, I'm, like, I'm not fucking playing this way. Like, I don't want this. Like, I want the other story. And then the succubus turn kind of comes.
1: <laughs> and then it makes that's sense. That's awesome like, that it was... Okay. That caught you like that, and was actually making you upset. Because imagine, like, in real life, like, what the fuck? I did what? No. So I completely got sucked. Yeah, yeah. I, I was,
0: I was completely empathetic. I understood completely. Like, and Troy Baker, who is the voice of Vincent in the American version, like, fucking nails it. But like, he is constantly like, just like, what the fuck is happening? Like, and like, his just confusion and bewilderment of like all this is just it's it's on the nose for where i was like i, I think i said confusement confusion
1: yeah confusement it's but a, it's a confusing amusement <laughs> nice amusement <laughs> amusement is one i just made up when it was amusing and a moment it was amusement
0: I think we just need to make words. Uh, fuck experience, grind. We're not going to talk about like uh, movies or games anymore. We're just going to make new yeah. words for the English language. Which fuck you, need
1: Webster's. It. We're coming for you. It's Kyle and Ryan's dictionary now, bitches. I, Webster, I, I love get this. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Urban Dictionary, you you're gone, you're done. It's <laughs> Kyle and Ryan's. We're taking over the word game, word gang. What?
0: You did it! Oh, you're so good at that too. Word gang bang. I wish I could do the. Blah, blah. I can't do it. I can't do it. I wish I could do it. I can't like do it. It's like
1: the way it's it's B L a bunch of R's and T. It's. No, nope, hmm.
0: I can't do it. Blah, you're black. Black. Blah, blah. I can't do it. <laughs> That's the best I can do. I. Do you have, all right, so do you have the tongue trill, like the... the like the Spanish? Yeah.
1: Rodríguez.
0: So you do that in your are I can't do the tongue trill. That, that's what's holding me back. I can't do uh, the tongue trill.
1: Can you whistle and hum at the same time? Is that something that people can do? You hear that? Can you, I don't know if it comes through on the microphone it did it
0: was so weird they both did and then it canceled out your hum and only did the whistle but what? i did hear both of them and then like the uh, the mic was like mm. nope obviously these are two things and we're hearing <laughs> one, one that's not right and it canceled out your hum ah well that's a thing yeah oh i know i can barely whistle i'm kind of like <laughs> you're gonna say i in can barely talk <laughs> i can i've also had barely seven talk. Strokes. And I'm not playing golf.
1: Ryan's seven-stroke dim arrest over here, everybody.
0: You've heard of the seven (laughs) sins. I've had seven strokes since (laughs) breakfast.
1: It's (laughs) it's horrible. Your brain is literally mashed potatoes with, like, giant blood clots. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) They're still functioning because the
1: blood clots are where the neurons are firing, but they just... (laughs) Caramelize? Yeah, what a horrible description of a human brain. That's awesome. Just caramelizing. Uh,
0: (laughs) Yes! It's like...
1: Oh, Oh, like microwaved maple syrup.
0: (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God.
1: One of us Fantastic. is gonna have an aneurysm. That's gonna be karma.
0: <laughs> it, yeah, hey, it, buddy. It's it very well could be me, but that's life.
1: So uh so which ending did you end up getting there? So I
0: got probably the most straight laced ending you could. I really fought hard for Catherine with a K, and I married that lady. I had the uh the marriage ending where we had the wedding. Um, and that's where I learned about Erica with being <laughs> uh, transgendered because I think that's the first time she says something like, um, oh, I can't even remember what she says, but she says something referring to her high school days of being a boy or something, being one of the boys. And then like the person with her, whose name I can't remember is just like, whoa, like does that like crazy Asian thing where he like sighs exasperatedly and like, <laughs> That's whatever. And, and so, like, in fairness, as much as I do love this game, like, there are some silly Asian uh, anime tropes that I'm still just like I could do without a little bit of this. But honestly, like, they're so minimal in this one. They're so minimal that it's not an issue. Yeah. Um, what did what ending did you get? I'm rambling. I'm so
1: sorry. You're fine. So you got Catherine with a K's true ending. I did. Uh, where she gets married. Mm-hmm. I got Catherine with a C's true ending, where I plow Catherine and eventually get my own entire harem of succubus girls. There. Where you Vincent. become an
0: incubus.
1: Uh-huh, uh-huh. And,
0: and you, you are just... making her dad a cuck underneath you as you have a harem of women, right?
1: hmm A harem of succubi. That is
0: such a... Fucking insane weird ending, and as yeah. soon as I saw it, I was like, I love this, and I fucked up my whole mm-hmm. gameplay. I chose wrong the entire time because this is so weird and creative and just
1: fucking different. It's, it's yeah, you so can be good, it's crazy, dude, and like it's. The good ending is not, it's it's weird because Nurgle is sort of, he just stays there and starts to watch you have sex with Catherine. <laughs> but yeah. like, if you go full on, man, you get the whole shebang. And it like, that's awesome that it doesn't like, it fully commits to it. That's a pretty cool touch. I really like mm-hmm. that. I did not play with Ren at all. Um, okay. I, just because I wanted to do, I wanted it to, to kind of Kate, keep similar to you? I mean... Mm-hmm. I uh, as,
0: as, I've, as I've read, Rin is very um, kind of cutesy and innocent. Like, if, <laughs> if Catherine with a K is designed as, like, the stoic, straight lace, Catherine with a C is the manic pixie dream girl, very grasses green, or, like, the, the vivacious temptress, I've heard Rin is essentially, like, almost, like, the cute, innocent, almost, like, anime high school kind of girl. And that to me, it just immediately takes me out. Like, I wouldn't be interested in that.
1: Well, it's also her twist is that she's an alien.
0: What the fuck? Huh? I did not read that far into uh it. What? No. What? What? I feel like, what? How How is that explained into it thematically? Like, how does that tie in?
1: So like, I don't know, just Ren's part of this group of aliens that were responsible for a lot of the miracles that happen throughout human history. I don't know.
0: Whoa. Yeah. That seems so weird because as, as like as odd as it is, maybe that Catherine with the C is a succubus and that revealed, like it inherently makes sense to the theme and plot and alien just seems like it's so out of left field. And maybe, it feels like dare I say an addendum as much as opposed to like A director's cut like, this character we originally intended intended to be in the game and wanted her there, but I don't know. It doesn't seem so intrinsically and tied to the theme. It feels maybe like an afterthought.
1: Alien endings are also kind of a big thing in Japan. Silent Uh, Hill. (laughs) Every Silent Hill has the crazy, goofy alien ending. Uh, It could just be sort of like uh, maybe Mm -hmm. a little trope thing. I don't know. They're big in Japan, though. They love aliens over there for whatever reasons. Time flow. I was flowing.
0: going uh, tentacle.
1: Oh, uh, sure, yeah.
0: Because all of that is usually alien-based, right?
1: Or something. Speaking of near automata, those aliens were tentacled AF. The ones. What fucking aliens are we talking about here? In near automata, like the whole purpose of the game.
0: What are you talking about? Which ones
1: about? were you the have... tentacled ones?
0: I the maybe ones... I'm blanking hard on this one. So, like, at the start
1: of the game, you remember, uh-huh. like, you're sent down there because you're there to protect humanity from the aliens. And then, like, at about halfway through, you get into an alien ship and they've all been dead for like thousands of years. But they're like, I thought they had like little tentacle things. You don't ever see them, they're dead. Just like humanity oh. has also been dead for like. Yeah. millions of years or some shit like
0: maybe okay they might have been tentacled maybe I just don't remember it because uh, remember. the only near Automata I played recently were like the CD and etc story arcs like I, I I did A, B and then put that game down and then came back to it recently and just did all the other finishing story arcs minus mm-hmm. the one that you have to delete your save because fuck that I'm not gonna do
1: that yeah they they had tentacles I'm I just didn't at remember the pictures that. of them right now well so am i then <laughs> <laughs>
0: well so am i
1: near automata oh. t- tentacle Alien. oh yeah i can i can send you the the picture i'm looking at of them dead here maybe i don't know how to send things here
0: what the uh that Oh, yeah. There. The I think maybe I see there, an image a, of it. Where are you sending it?
1: In the Zoom chat. Oh shit. Yeah. All right, hold on. We record with Zoom everybody. Oh, you bragger. Gilwit <laughs> program. Uh uh uh.
0: Uh oh. Yeah, these things. I guess I did not pay enough attention to those. I forgot Damn all man. about those.
1: <laughs> that was like that was that part blew my fucking mind in that game. When like we went to the UFO and then they're like these things have been dead for millions of years. I was like, "What?" And then I, I was like, "Oh it's shit. It's
0: Prometheus. It's it's Prometheus."
1: But then I was like, "Oh shit though. What about humanity? Cuz like the whole reason we're here is to fucking fight these things to save the last bastions of humanity on the moon. They're not there! Oh, big twist! That game was so fucking good. Play Near Automata, everybody, for the hundred billionth time. I'm telling you. Um, I mean, this
0: is not a Near Automata episode, but play Near Automata. Yeah,
1: fucking play um, that game.
0: I just went back to it and. 100% of it minus the end. I didn't 100% because I'm not going to delete my save, but
1: you don't that have game is so good. I,
0: I didn't I did either. My... I, just, I just went online and looked up the ending. Um, no,
1: but I got 100% without deleting my ending. You can still fight through that. I'm not lying to you. You don't have to delete it. Okay. You can like fight. It's like one of the, the, the shooter level things. If you beat that, it won't delete your save. It's I so, did not
0: know that. I just thought so it would crazy. delete your save, so I like I never did it.
1: Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Near Automata is the best game ever, dude.
0: I only wince because I really still love Near, and I feel like Near.
1: It's a I, close one.
0: I I think Near is like the flabbier, like it's not yeah. the better version, but I think
1: it's better if that you do makes know, sense. Here's here's the thing. And I'm I I say let's fucking commit to it right now and let's have been on because they are doing a near remaster. You know this? They they announced it the I'd first play, one.
0: Here's the thing. I fucking hate remasters. I don't get the idea of them if you played through them. That is one I would do. That I is do too maybe like the only one I, I would think do.
1: They will tweak a lot of the bad parts of it or the rougher edges. Get the fucking
0: fishing out of there. The and 100 percent better. <laughs> 100% better. That fishing is shit-ass garbage in Nier. I hate the fishing in that game. I it's did a so lot bad. of the
1: fishing. I, I know you did. Yeah.
0: I think I complain to you via text often mm-hmm. about the fishing in that game. And you're like, I don't know what to tell you. I enjoyed it. And I was like, yeah. you motherfucker. Because I was just like ah! filled with rage at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: Uh, so we'll definitely, fuck it. We'll talk about Nier again. I don't give a shit.
0: Even if it does, fuck it. Like even for not even like a remaster, just bring Ben on to talk about the Near franchise. Like yeah. fuck it. But no, like, it'll be a good let's thing. Let's do an episode. What, what,
1: we're gonna have an, we're, We'll have a reason soon, and I can't wait to play the remaster. I fucking love Near. So, agreed. I don't know, uh, buddy. Let's talk about Catherine for the final time. I want to know. I guess I don't know how to rate this. What what's a scale system? How many nights are there? The, there's five.
0: Uh, I think there might be eight nights right. with then like a special final level or something right. because like as soon as you think it's the final night then they're like oh wait just kidding now you have of to course. escort Catherine and shit for nother... it's the Mega Man shit oh yeah Wily's Castle now motherfuckers <laughs> this is, that's this except you escort Catherine and the K um...
1: oh man you had a really hard time doing all that I'm yeah, well here's the final fucking, part where it's yep. double hard.
0: Shit. Yup. Yup. I was like about ready to pop the champagne cork when I got that. And then like <laughs> they started going, I'm like, wait, this is still going. Wait a no. Now Cat Ka- no, no. And then they're like, escort Catherine to the end of the level. You that will announce guy. Like, oh yeah. no. Oh no. And then I was like, well, this game that I started at 10 a.m. Saturday because I thought I would finish at 11 a.m. went on till 5 p.m. that fucking day. Um,
1: that said, let's do
0: out of 666. Oh! Out of 666, okay. since we are going succubus, incubus, like very satanic of the pleasure. Sure. Right? This yeah. is Catherine to a T. Um... Honestly, I think this is maybe like, I would say, a 600 out of 666 for me. Um, I think it's really, really high. I don't think it's perfect. Um, The difficulty is so insanely high and needs to be fucking tweaked and rethought. Apparently, even so for the version you played, which was Mm -hmm. retweaked, um, I, I still don't think it's quite there yet. But I think when it comes to the characters, the voice acting, the writing, the themes, the dialogue, the story... This is a perfect game. It is sadly the actual game elements that will definitely present the roadblock to people. Yeah. Uh,
1: For the same reason, I'm actually going to go a little bit lower than you. I'm going to put it like around 550. I think that still gives it like the A minus B plus range. It's a pretty fucking solid game. And Mm. I would recommend everybody play it just for the story themes alone and the way that it presents. And tackles yeah. such a fucking mature and stand-up subject that you don't ever get in video games. Yeah. Like,
0: but also done in a fun, cheeky way, which we yeah. didn't talk about. But it's presented through the Golden Playhouse, which is almost like this Twilight Zone-like wraparound feature of it, which is really quirky and weird, and maybe sets up sequels that spoiler never happened. No, nope. but like. <laughs> I think it's all very fun and accessible, even though it is, like, real deep and, like, heady shit. Yeah. So, like, I I don't want to scare people off either and say, like, this game's really smart, which is, like, for some people, the interpretation is lots of talking, not fun. Like, I think it is very accessible, even for being as dialogue-heavy as it is.
1: Well, and it's weird because, number one, this game had a fantastic translation team because it is... It's a Japanese game based in America, and the translation team like really nailed this America aspect of it. When the mm-hmm. voice actors, are, it, feel, it all feels very natural. It's like a group of people just hanging out talking. It's, for a lot of dialogue, it's not awkward. It's presented very well. It's acted very well. It's an enjoyable thing to experience and watch. So, it's, yeah, it's not frustrating. Highly recommend you do it. Yeah. It's also, you'll never play a game like this ever again. That
0: is 100% true. And we're it's all true. about those types of games here, so. Yeah. Yeah, the 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 social sim aspect's very unique, and, and just the gameplay brick puzzle mechanic is so different from anything else that was, honestly, that came out at that time, and still, even today, nothing's come out quite like this. It's, it's nope. very unique.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh Ryan, do you remember what we're doing next after this episode? No, I have no idea. I honestly don't? don't remember. No. Uh I so believe whatever we want, buddy. Well, it is. But I believe next up, uh, if you want to stick around and hang out with us, we're supposed to have Dave from the Cape Podcasters on. We're <gasps> gonna talk about a little movie starring Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Ooh, I know what this is then the stars of uh, and the creators of South Park. But it's a little movie called Basketball because for some reason we're super into sports movies now with Mr. 3000. It started a trend. And so we're going super hard into sports <laughs> parody and just fucking biting it all off and we're going with Basketball.
0: It's a good one. I yeah. love Trey Parker and Matt Stone. I, I do too. I don't think they made a bad
1: movie yet. I will say, I haven't watched it again for this episode, but every other time I've ever watched baseball, I have loved every goddamn second of it. So... Same. Curious to see how it plays out this time? I imagine not much different. But we'll find out. Other than that, though, I got nothing else to say on this episode. Do you, buddy?
0: I think I'm pretty good. I think I've said quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I tell you what, that's what I'll put on your tombstone, Ryan Demarest. <laughs> dot, dot dot I think I've said quite a bit. I'm okay with that tombstone. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. I it's like that. A- it's funny. It might inspire people to look you up, like later, like a hundred years. Somebody goes to this dude's tombstone. He's like, "What the fuck does this mean?" It's this also <laughs> It's a little respectful. It's so yeah. respectful, too. Like, at, yeah, I
0: think that one would fly. I think that's It's a cool. way to
1: go out like you've said enough. You're going out. I've said some things. Yeah, that's it. I've said my piece. Uh-huh. That's it. I love it. I just want my tombstone to say the word fart. Just that that's it, fart. <laughs> Not even my name. No, It just says fart.
0: <laughs> what about an image of a poot coming out of a butt?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not a full gravestone. It's like just like the carving outline of a butt and a poot. <laughs> like a Fantastic. fart cry coming out. Yeah.
0: I will ensure this happens for you, buddy.
1: <laughs> Hooray! We're making. Dying I will wishes fight here. all
0: your family and loved ones, <laughs> and I will make a poot gravestone.
1: Take it to court. Take it to the Supreme Court. That'll honor my name. <laughs> All right. Everybody, I'm Kyle. I'm Ryan. We are Experience Grind. This has been the month of Major halfway through June. And we love you guys. Aw.
0: Adios.